not feeling good enough is pervasive. I would say that's the primary thing. And it's because we all have parents. Everybody's parents did their best. Culture is set up to pit people against each other and compare ourselves to everything else around us in order to validate our own existence. So even if we're doing amazing, you don't feel good enough. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Welcome back to Almost 30 Podcast. I am so glad you're here. My name is Krista Williams and I'm one of your hosts. And I am Lindsay Simsek and I am your other host. And I just have to say, I'm pumped. Yes. We just launched. Podcast Pro, baby. Podcast Pro. So Lindsay and I started three and a half years ago. It was a mess. We were on our closet floors for about a year. We didn't have any idea what we were doing. We don't know now, but um, we've learned a lot along the way from amazing people within our community, from growing the podcast to be one of the top podcasts on the charts, going on tour, all of those things. And uh, we just wanted to share everything with you. So right now for the next two weeks, we have Podcast Pro available to you. You will learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your podcast on Podcast Pro right now. Yeah, we're really excited. This is something that we've poured our hearts into and our experience into. And we just feel so confident that this is a comprehensive um, program for you to take your podcast from idea to launch, branding, marketing, and monetizing. And we're really excited to just watch you guys fly. So. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of Podcast Pro is the candid conversations. So Lindsay and I, we have like the content, like the super rich, researched, experiential, focused content. But then we also have conversations with Lindsay and I talking about the actual process. So we wanted to educate you, but also make you feel not alone if you're making mistakes, if you know, you're nervous, if you're nervous about feedback, criticism, all of those things. We talk about everything in the Candid Conversation. So it's like the education and then the realness is there, which is you know the Almost 30 brand. So yourpodcastpro.com, you can check it out right now. It's available at the price of $12.97 for that entire course for the next two weeks. And with that, if you sign up during this time, you get um, access to Lindsay and I with live calls. You get access to our secret Facebook group of other podcasters that can help you answer questions, support you, bounce ideas off one another, all of those things. And then the first... hundred people get a goodie bag from our sponsors. So very exciting. We have amazing sponsor goodies for all those hundred people that we will get over to you to enjoy along your journey. Yeah. So, all right, let's get going. We haven't, uh, talked about our holidays. I know it's always a fun time of year to reflect. And actually I needed three weeks to let it so, sink in. To let it simmer. I was like, what happened? I needed to like learn how to smile again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to like 
be like, <laughs> dude, at the end of the year, on our, I was listening. I'm like, damn, we sound, we sound broken and battered. Real tired. I know. We are Whatever. broken and battered. I'm sorry. We're Let on us tour be. For, we're on tour for an entire year. <laughs> 100% by choice. 100%. People know we're dynamic. It's fine. I know. 100% by choice and 100% the greatest gift of my life. So this year for the holidays, I, uh, Lindsay and I were in Miami. So we had our very last stop on tour in Miami. That community was awesome. I just... I'm in love with Miami. I don't know if you guys knew, although I don't really drink and party anymore. I just fucking love the atmosphere. I love the architecture. I love the colors. I think the beaches are some of the nicest in the world. So I fucking love Miami. So I was pumped to be there. I was pumped that I had Justin there. Justin doesn't uh, make appearances very often, um, but when he does, it's always a joy and delight. And you had a very special guest. I had a very special guest. I had my boyfriend there, (laughs) (laughs) Um, who his record, I guess he likes to be on tour with us. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, we're going to have to like cut this down a little bit. No, it was just a a time of year where he had a lot of flexibility. So um, he was at a few stops, but Miami was a blast because we got to hang with Shara and Mark, her boyfriend. Dude, Mark is Miami in in a Canadian bottle. My sister was like, so my sister was there too. That was another special guest. My sister came and she goes, Mark is so hot. Mark is Fine. <laughs> Shara knows. Hear that, that Shara? Yeah. Shara's um, our retail, community manager on our team. Her. She's been with us for the past year and a half, maybe mm-hmm. longer. We met her at an event. She joined our team. She's been so instrumental in our growth and our sanity and our joy and keeping grounded in the vision and mission. And she has a hot ass, cool ass, amazing boyfriend. <laughs> I loved him. I was looking to Mark for like all the Miami fashion because I was like, I suck. I suck. I suck at dressing. And I was like, damn, dude, like you are, you're doing it. You're doing it. It was awesome. We did. um, (laughs) So we were Saturday night. It was us. So it was my sister, Justin, me, Shara and Mark after our dinner. Mm -hmm. And we somehow sourced mushrooms Mm -hmm. and we went to the beach and we did mushrooms and we walked around Miami. It was the best. (laughs) It was so fucking funny. It was like, it was just it was so much fun. I was like, we probably walked on the beach for like two hours That's amazing. and we're just joking and laughing and playing in the water and <laughs> doing all these things. But it was, it was an awesome end to the tour. That was like, it was so fun. It felt, it felt like, a, it felt like we got a little bit of a vacation after everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we planned it that way. We yeah. also went to live nightclub. Dropped a low at 11 p.m. <laughs> LOL. Doors there, open at 11. We were there at 11. I was there at 11. I was like, I want to get in. Same. I want to like, and I it want was, space. I want honey. space. I want to be able to like walk around, mm-hmm. sit in places. Cause you know, when people come in, you can't sit. Totally. And we had a blast. The music got good after maybe like 1230. Mm-hmm. And the boys showed up. The boys showed up and showed up. But it's so <laughs> weird. Like, the music is all the same at every club, even when I was going to clubs all the time. Mm. That's what's so weird is I'm like, you guys are still playing bands and maker dance. You guys are still playing like Taylor gang. You guys are still playing like pop that. It's like, that was actually playing when it was happening at the club in 2013. I know. So, so it's still playing now in 2019, 2020. It's like, 
music hasn't really <laughs> caught up at the club. Cause even they, though I res- I love it. I'm like, Oh, I can get down. Well, that's with the whole thing. I think it strikes a chord. Yeah. hundred With the people like there's they, some classic, they know the demo, they know like kind of how old people are and they know that if you put on pop that yep. people are going to lose their fucking minds. Yeah. And we did. And we did. <laughs> we did kind of, but also it was also a delight too. This was a fun part of being at the club was like old being when you're older is like back then I would go with a boyfriend and be on high alert the mm. entire time, <laughs> you, you know, mean? of girls. Like, cause all the girls that live, all the servers have their oh, assholes out. Oh yeah. They, they honestly wear thong, thong <laughs> bottoms. Fine. Like peace and love. Their asses looked amazing. amazing. So they're wearing thong bottoms, every single one of them. They're standing on tables because they're working do their thing. So they're standing on tables, thong bottoms and I, and there's just assholes everywhere. And even when you get a drink, they turn around, you like see their asshole, they pour your water. It's like, and it just was funny. I, at, nowadays I'm just so much older and like, don't care. I'm just like, nice, but whatever. Literally I'm like, nice, but <laughs> great. <laughs> I just don't care. Yeah. It was, I'm always like the, because working in the industry yeah. too, there's just like, it is the servers. It's like, the way they situate who's sitting at what table, which girls are sitting up on the booth. Like it's a whole scene. It's very yeah. strategic. And yeah. um, it's a hierarchy of assholes. And then my feet started to crumble and had to go. I was like, oh, I can't stand anymore. Like you left with your sister. And I was like, okay, I think I, I can do like another 20 minutes, maybe. And the boys, obviously they're in freaking flat shoes. They're like, we could go all night. Yeah, Justin's like, are you sure? I'm like, you're literally wearing Yeezys. Like, you're wearing like cloud shoes. And I'm wearing, I'm stuffed my toes in these like heels. And I never wear heels anymore. So it was so hard. Yeah, it was so hard. But it was just fun. Like I just, mm-hmm. I love partying in Miami. I think everyone's down to have fun. It's just a great atmosphere. And then we had dinner at the one at, what was it called? Planta? Planta, which is a vegan place in Miami, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Everyone ate plant-based. Yeah, it was amazing. It was delicious. Yeah, I thought that was one of the best meals we had there. Same. <laughs> We're always pushing plant-based know, on honestly, people on the road. I had s'more ice cream. We did like fucking everything. <laughs> we just surprised people, like the boys especially. We were like, so yeah, there's like, not any meat yeah, at all at their, as they're sitting at the table. Justin's like, okay, I'll order Chipotle before we go. <laughs> my, my sister, so we were sitting at the table and we had at Planta. I had eaten the most out of every person, even the boys at the table. And my sister goes, did you eat some? And she was actually talking about the mushrooms, but I thought she was talking about the food. Oh, And I was like, yeah, I did. And I thought, I was like, yeah, I ate. She's like, how much did you eat? I was like, a lot. And she's like, I mean, how much? I'm like, a lot. I ate the most of everyone. <laughs> And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I ate the most out of everyone at this table. What do you want from me? And I was like, it was like my shame coming through of me eating more than anyone. And she's like, you ate more than everyone at the table of the mushrooms? I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, the normal food, damn it. What do you want from me? Holy fuck. And I'm sitting there like now I have to carry, not have to, but I carry like Zyrtec in my purse because Sean is allergic to nuts and shellfish. So I'm- Will that help? I think it's antihistamine. Would it be antihistamine? It is. Yeah. Zyrtec actually. Zyrtec, uh, Benadryl. Yeah. Justin had a good catch. Justin Justin saved his life. I know. (laughs) He was about to eat a chip or like a thing, a fry with- Almond Parmesan yep. because that's so us. Yep, honestly. <laughs> and he almost died. So yeah, eating is a little bit more stressful now. I but. Mean, I'm sure. 
Um, but we had a blast. And then after that, we kind of, you know, closed up shop for almost 30 that last week and then went on our holiday way. I headed to the desert with my family, which was so different. They've never been out here for Christmas. It's not way out of their comfort zone, but I, you know, they're used to putting up the tree having the family over or going somewhere, you know, close by with all of our family. And we're kind of at the point now in our extended family where my cousins are having kids and all of that. So I thought it was a great opportunity to bait them and bring them out here. And we had a blast. The desert is so beautiful. It's one of my favorite places. It feels like you're on Mars. And it was different though. They have zero Christmas lights out there. I know. Zero. My mom's just kind of, I mean, my Even sweet LA mom. kind of bums me out. Bums me Christmas, out. Yeah. yeah. I like, it was funny because I was like trying to take my mom's temperature and I know she was so happy to be there with us, but she was just like, oh, there's a, there's a twinkle. Like she was Aww. searching for Christmas and I was like, yeah. oh God, this is depressing. I'm like, sorry. Should we go to Target? I'm so sorry. Um, like look at, <laughs> like, I think Target like has a lot of Christmas lights? Like decorations. Totally. You're like, cool. Okay. I'm in the vibe. Or like Starbucks. <laughs> I know. You have to like it go does, to like those places. If that's been your thing every year, I would, it would kind of, it would bum me out. I've just spent Christmases in all different places and by myself and worked them and whatever. So it wasn't as crazy for me, but it was great to have them out there. My dog had just passed. So yeah. it was good to have mom there loving on her, but spent most of the time just figuring out where to sit. You know what I mean? You just sit different places when you're on vacation, which is- You just get desserts. Awesome. Like, okay, should we go get a croissant or a donut? <laughs> totally. Cigars. It literally was. I mean, we Always. we just plan our day around meals. Yep. And around And then like, when you're at the meal, you're like, okay, so what's on totally. for dinner? And it's crazy how hungry you get, how soon. I know. <laughs> It was disturbing, but my brother and sister were there. We were missing my sister, Cameron. She was with her um, fiance, but we had a really good time. My sister, Lexi and I like roomed together uh, for most of it. And it was good to catch up with her. I just like love hanging out with, with her because I don't know how, but like my sister in the best way doesn't give a fuck. One zillion. And I love her. Like, I love it so much. I just love, and I don't know. And I think it's really been- She's a a singular being. Yeah. In the last- how I would describe her. In the last few years, she's always been quite a being. In the last few years, especially as a nurse, I think you just, she sees a lot of shit in like, you know, pediatric ICU in Oakland. So I just, I don't know. Things don't rock her. And she's just like, okay. Yeah. She, yeah. It's just like, there's no other thought beyond like in the best way. It's just like, it's comforting. She's comforting to be around. Yeah. She's so comforting because it's like, she wakes up, she's going to brush her teeth. It's not like she's like thinking about (laughs) being worried about someone, how they're feeling, or it's just like, she's doing her thing. And just like, when she's looking at you, she's looking at you. If she's looking at the sky, she's looking at the sky. She's so comforting. She's amazing. Mm -hmm, My little Pisces baby. Mm -hmm. And then my brother like pooped his pants a couple of times, literally. I was like, this is actually a problem. Wait, that's troublesome. My what dude. do you mean? <laughs> he, he was on the hammock. What do you mean? He was on the hammock and he, I guess he was like trying to fart and he goes, oh my God. What? <laughs> and he pooped his pants. And it was like two times. I was like, hey man, I know <laughs> what is happening. What do you mean? With your butthole. 
I think it's I think it's like a, the consistency of the poop. I don't know what's oh. happening. You know what I mean? It's just coming out too too did easily. Did he change it? Like did he did he? Oh yeah, and then he like pants, and then he threw out his underwear in my bathroom garbage. I was like, oh no 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 no, you don't leave it in there, man. Can't believe I'm still teaching him this shit. Um, but it was it was a blast, and then I went to New York, and um, I had a day back in LA. And then went to New York for about six days to be with the boy. Um, and it was dreamy. It was just really dreamy. It was like nice to spend time together where we, you know, we had things planned, maybe one thing a day where it was like, okay, we're going to be here. But otherwise it was just like floating in life mm. and it felt so, so nice. He's, I don't know. He came out of nowhere, but I've known him for eight years I haven't really talked a lot about him yet, but I just, yeah, I, I feel so seen and heard and loved and just like also like held accountable to who I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he doesn't let me fly with shit. I do. Which is nice. Yeah. Which is really nice. It just feels like an equal. Yeah. He feels like my equal. which is like something I haven't felt before. It's either been, and I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate where it's like, you either feel like you have to kind of work to convince someone that you're the best or it's the opposite where you're kind of like, oh, I'm a little bit better than this person. Or you're like, I'm going to coach him. I'm going to up-level him. I'm going to show him these things. I'm going to teach him these things. I mean, honestly, I could craft them well. Yeah, it was just, it was beautiful. I'm like, I was really grateful and, you know, being that far away, I didn't realize I had some like anxiety about being that far away from the business, like from work. It was like an interesting feeling. I don't think I prepared as best as I could for being away. So that was a layer of anxiety, but it was more just, yeah, it was an interesting feeling of, of distance and yeah. still wanting to kind of lose myself in what was happening yeah. And like really allow myself to like be in that like dream world for a second. We should have set the container for you to do that. Yeah, that was on on me. Saying that I'm not going to be on. Yeah. This is my two weeks. This is my however time. Mm -hmm. Don't expect anything. I also think I was really wanting to, one, I felt guilty doing that for no other reason other than my own self-imposed. Two, I was like, oh, well, this is like, he like, if he's going to be in my life, I want to know what it feels like to be able to do both. And he like is so about, I mean, he, every time he's like, Oh, you got to work. Right. Like I can work. Like he's very like Mm -hmm. wanting to work as well and do his thing. But yeah, it was, so it was interesting to feel that intense, like joy and love. And then I was like also battling this other side of me that was like, you know, but it's also like, there's a lot in, in, in limbo right now. Mm-hmm. We have podcast pro launch. Totally which is exciting and amazing. The retreats coming out. Yeah, you guys, Malibu retreat, baby. Ambassador program retreat. There's just a lot that like is not solidified. That was like kind of in the mix and just yeah. I'm trying to think. Last year, what we did. I'm not sure what we did over the holidays, but this is something that we're learning as entrepreneurs and business mm-hmm. owners. Like that, I think. I want to be more thoughtful about, and it, even if it is like PTO, we have, we should make ourselves take four mm-hmm. weeks, you know, 20 days, 
however many days, like I used to have when I would work at a corporate company, but, and that is time where you are off and you are supported by other people. And we are managing our calendars as such, Mm -hmm. just so you people can feel good. But I think it was a weird, anxious time where we had been always had the pull that there was a hundred things to do. And this was kind of like, we felt like we a waiting period of like things where it was like, I'm waiting for this person, but there, this should be done. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a weird energy around that to go from, traveling every, every, you know, two weeks out of the year, trying to get all these things done to like nothing. You're like, okay. And also entering a new year that is going to be so different, mm-hmm. which is exciting for us, but also kind of scary. Yeah. Cause we don't know, Yeah, you know, what it's going to be like, you know, if it'll be successful, you know, in my heart of hearts, I know that, but it's just like this interesting buzz around the unknown. Yeah. But 100%. How was yours? It was interesting. So I, um, if you guys are new listeners, so I have an interesting, you know, family dynamic. That's my greatest lesson. And this year I wanted to explore what the holidays would be like without forcing myself to be with my family um, and being alone, to be honest. So after we were in Miami, I have family. My dad lives in Siesta Key. He's retired in Siesta Key. So we spent time just in myself and my sister with my father, who, you know, is doing well. He has his own health issues. You know, there I've noticed a lot of different things as he's aged, which is really it's just really confronting. You know, it's an interesting thing. Like as I continue to age and as I continue to see myself as like being like 30 still you know, even seeing my dad, like as an older person, I'm like, oh, this is kind of what happens as people get older. You know, they get less with it. They have less energy. They're just less, less of like the person that I grew up with, I guess. So that was just an interesting and confronting thing. But, and then I spent some time with Justin's family. I love Justin's mom and Justin's dad. I feel like we're like a little family when we're together in North Carolina, which was like so nice. And then after that, I came home. So I came home on the 23rd and I actually spent the rest of the time until like the 6th, pretty much alone. Justin stayed in North Carolina because his mom kind of went through her own health health things last year. So he wanted to spend more time with her. I think he wanted to like get me back for all the travel I've been doing this year. <laughs> he like always has to be even. So I think he wanted to just kind of like put it in my face that I've been gone six months out of the year. So he stayed in North Carolina and I came back to LA and I was home alone and I needed it. You know, I needed that decompression time, that alone time, that time of clarity and that time of uh, some shadow stuff, you know, that time of really looking at myself more deeply and more intensely and taking time to do that. So I started therapy, which is great. Mm. You know, that was in response to some of the depressive thoughts and feelings that I had had over the holidays, being alone and just really finally sitting with some things that I have been ignoring for, you know, quite some time. But I also, on the positive part, in the therapy stuff I can talk about, you know, if you guys have any questions or anything, just DM me. But on the the positive part, I was, I did like an edit of my life and I'm going to do a full podcast episode about the life edit, but I organized every single thing in my apartment, in my car, in my storage unit, in my 
email inbox, on my computer desktop, in my underwear drawer. Every single part of my life got a looking at and got an editing, even like my clothes, my hair products, my beauty products. So I'm going to do a full podcast episode of like how I'm, I edited my life over the course of two weeks to just clean and clear everything out and just really remove any stagnant energy, anything that was holding me back. So that felt really good. It felt really productive, which I love. I love a little productivity and it just felt necessary as like Mm -hmm. a new decade thing, you know, to let go of like a lot of this like stuff that I'd kept in these random drawers and like non-clean beauty products, non-clean home Mm. products, you know, all this stuff I was able to donate, pass along to people that maybe wanted it or get rid of. And I just like, am so excited to record that episode because it's just, there's so many, I think it's just going to be a really comprehensive view of like how someone could take a certain amount of time and just feel completely new. It's so funny how things can carry that energy and you oh, don't yeah. even realize it. My, my apartment felt like it was like the air was like completely clean and cleared and so much lighter. Mm-hmm. I also did a lot of like energetic clearing of the space mm-hmm. and charged all my crystals and just everything like that. I was like, it needed it after like a dense, especially like a dense period in time when I had been like kind of going through it, needed like a lightness. Sure. Yeah, it's very, it's an underestimated thing. I naturally got to do a little bit of that when yeah, I moved. Yeah. And home, I was like, good. I, I love throwing shit out. Same. Actually, just today, throughout, um, I don't know. I don't like with trash, I have no like shame or whatever. I sometimes people are like, put it in bags, like so people don't see. I literally yeah. had like a thing of like old underwear that like I just, no one would want to like take or whatever. No, no. And I literally, like it was, it was in this like plastic little drawer or whatever. And I just kind of brought the drawer itself down to the dumpster and like threw it out. Yep. And then I threw it in the, the trash. It was plastic. I should have thrown it in the recycle. And so someone took it from the trash and put it in the recycle. My underwear was everywhere. I was like, thank you. You're like, thank you very much. <laughs> Truly. Thank you. I was like, thank it you feels so, me. but it feels so good. I'm so glad you got to do that. Yeah, Even your underwear drawer. I mean, I threw out underwear. I'm like, who was the, who is she? <laughs> I honestly was like this neon see-through mesh tankini thong combo. Who is she? She is not the woman that stands in front of us today looking like she is on biggest loser almost every day with her sweatpants, sweatsuits and wearing no underwear. The amount of money I spent on bras and underwear in college when I was about to see a new guy. That was crock of shit. Crock of shit. So many dangly things coming off of it. I was like, what the fuck? What was that? That whole trend of like trying to Victoria Secret. Yes, the Victoria Secret trend of like us being 22 and like being in sexy lingerie. Like, ew. (laughs) Not you. Like everyone should feel good in what they're wearing. And actually I really enjoy like a piece of lingerie. But it's like, you don't need trashy lingerie, especially when you're like 22. Like you're fucking so fine anyway. Totally. Like, how about just be naked, everybody? How about be naked? Your bodies are be naked. <laughs> Honestly, so, so weird. So- Well, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, it was- um, For all of it. It was interesting. I just haven't felt, you know, just to, to recap, I haven't felt uh, depressed in um, years. You know, when I was little, I would go through periods of depression. You know, I'd call it the feeling when I didn't really know how to describe it. And then in high school a little bit, and then I had periods in college, but it's been a while. It's been maybe probably six years, five, six years since I've felt that feeling of hopelessness, disinterest, Mm -hmm. um, 
seclusion. Uh, and just my depression really shows up as like, what's the point of anything? You know, if I'm like, what's the point kind of, what's the point of living? What's the point of doing anything? Mm. If you know, the world is time is infinite. We're living in a simulation, that kind of thing. So it just shows up in like different ways. Um, in my life, but now, you know, to get help and Mm -hmm. just to do whatever I can, you know, when I feel down and I can talk about this in another episode, what I like to do is just check how am I eating? How is my eating contributing to maybe my mood being lower than usual? Is it a vitamin deficiency? Is it a sunlight deficiency? Is it social interaction deficiency? Is it sleep that I need? Is it a nervous system thing? I think that there's a lot of things that we can look at physically that can potentially contribute to it. Is it my brain gut correlation? There's been a lot of studies related to the connection between your um, gut and, you know, depression and anxiety. So thinking about creative ways that I can support and help myself if I'm feeling low by looking at nutrition and um, fitness and just general practices that I'm doing in my everyday life. Yeah. That's a really good protocol. And I, sometimes I feel like I can't get a deep breath when I'm kind of feeling, it's usually anxiousness, but I I did breath work the other day with Brie Melanson, like digitally online. And I always fucking forget how amazing breath work is for me, like yeah. just to kind of open up. I always go into it. I'm like, I'm not going to, like, I'm just going to breathe here and be here and whatever. And then it rolls through. And I had been over the holidays as amazing as it was, like just felt a shortness of breath throughout the whole thing, whether I was with my family, when I was in New York, I think just the nervous system was a little tripped. So checking in with your nervous system, like what's your stimulus? Like, are you in front of the computer too much? Are you in a busy city? Is it loud? You know, but using that breath, which is free, you know, you can do that on your own was, yeah, I didn't know I needed it and I really needed it. Yeah. I mean, the deep breath of breath work is Life. I was doing sound baths because I can relax and yeah. do a little sound bath. Yeah, I love those. That I mean, that's nervous system, nervous system bathing one oh freaking one. So thanks for listening to that. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday and new year. We're here for you. We know it kind of takes a few weeks, even months, to kind of process like yeah. where you're at. So be really kind to yourself. I think starting a new year can be as hopeful and exciting as it can be, it can also be equally as anxiety inducing and overwhelming. And so, you know, we have a community, join the secret Facebook group. You can, you know, really lean on the women in our community who are all over the world and even episodes, you know, if you need suggestions for episodes, like if you're going through something right now, I'm sure we have an episode for you or even another podcast we can suggest, but listen to ours first. The holistic holistic (laughs) psychologist one was really good with Dr. Mm -hmm. Nicole. La Pera. Um, that one's really good for mental health. The Jen Gotch one is related to mental health. We have a lot of mental health specific or, you know, just navigating the transitions of life specific episodes. So DM us so we can help you out. Today on the podcast, we're really excited to welcome Heath Ellis. I just love these conversations where we can bring in the male perspective and also really get a glimpse into the work of men and specifically um, the work of the conscious man. Yeah. So I was introduced to Heath by Jenna Zoe. So you guys may know Jenna Zoe. She is our human design resident expert. She's a dear friend of mine and she would talk 
often about this Akashic record reading that she got with Heath for probably the two, two and a half years that I knew her and said that his insight and information was so helpful for her. So I always had been interested in connecting with Heath because Jenna spoke so highly of him. So I finally got the opportunity to, and it was actually on the last day that Heath was seeing women for readings. So I was able to get the last session in with Heath for him to do an Akashic Record reading for me, which was super powerful, super super deep. I talk about it a lot in this episode. And Heath now is only working with men. He really believes in helping men to evolve, helping men to see themselves, help them, helping them to be sovereign beings, to use spirituality as a way that they can express themselves, that they can feel more like themselves. And I was really called to um, Heath's work because I do feel like as women rise and as we support one another, and of course, Almost 30 is a community of women mostly that are here to elevate each other, lift each other up. Men also need support too. And I do feel like they need help with their languaging, you know, expressing themselves, all of those things. And so Heath doing that and working specifically with men is so, so important. Uh, so I was so excited about that. And I connected with Justin. So our sweet Justin, mm-hmm. my fiance, is on this episode, which is a, is a rare sight to get him to, to participate in these. <laughs> but he had a session with Heath, a coaching session that was incredible. It actually provided us a space in following to their coaching session to have a really deep conversation that we needed to have about some things that we, some transitions we had been going through. So um, Heath's coaching with Justin was really impactful for us and really helpful just even in that one session. And Justin might be working with him in this year. So Justin joins this conversation as a men's perspective, in addition to Heath, to really just round everything out. We wanted men to feel like they were heard, supported, um, and able to communicate in this space with us so that we just had it as holistic of a conversation as possible. Yeah, it was it was great to have Justin here. And um, again, I think it's really important that we as a community invite men into the conversation on a regular regular basis because I think I learned something about myself yeah. in that conversation learning you know, what Justin learned. Yeah. So I just think it's really powerful. And so, so many of us like understand the connection that our outer world is connected to what's going on in our inner world, but we don't really know how to make that shift. Yeah. And and so this was a really powerful tactical conversation. So we walked away with ways in which we can really start to make those shifts. Yeah, Justin took off his dog collar just for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> he was allowed to speak just a little bit. <laughs> oh I'm just kidding. He's allowed. He's allowed to speak freely. You guys can follow On Justin. Mondays and Tuesdays. You guys can join the the 300 other people following Justin at Oh, that's Jay Hall. <laughs> Ask him to post a picture. He hasn't posted in 15 years, so you know. Uh, but if he gets to a thousand, he's going to do a balloon post. Oh yeah. Remember? Oh yeah. He said yes. He or said he's been dying to get to a thousand or 500 so that he can do a balloon post to announce that he's reached 500, (laughs) you know, holy moly, whatever. And then you can find Heath. Heath's website is consciousman.com. His course is the path to the conscious man. He has coaching. He has, you know, tons of resources and offerings to support conscious men in their journey. And as Justin goes through his, I will keep you guys posted with how everything is progressing. And he is also offering a discount for almost 30 listeners. 
So almost 30 listeners get actually 30% off a singular coaching session with Heath. And you also get 30% off one of the offerings that he has available, which is his deeper course materials. So on his website, you can use code almost 30 for all of those things. That was just a nice gift that he offered to us in following, you know, he just emailed me and said he wanted to support you guys with the 30% off. So you can use code almost 30, which is active now on the website for 30% off. Thank you all so much for listening. We love you. And if this podcast has impacted your life, please share it with your friends, your family, share it on social media. We are at Almost 30 Podcast. And if you're called to rate and review, it means the world to us. We read every review and just are so grateful for your support. We could not do this without you. We'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. So thankful to be here with Heath, Justice, and Lynn's. I'm really excited about this conversation for a lot of different reasons, but I was thankfully connected to you from our friend, Jenna Zoe, my dear friend, Jenna Zoe, who you guys know through human design. She's our human design reader preferred. Mm -hmm. Love Jenna. Justin knows her well. He actually got a reading from her maybe two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Two two years ago. Back in the day when she was still doing private readings, we got in. We got in. We got in. And, you know, since I've known her for the past three years, she's been talking a lot about this um, Akashic Records reading that she had with this man. And she would always refer to it. She's like, it was the most helpful reading, you know, that I've had as it relates to my business. It really transformed the way that I show up in the world. And a lot of the things that she said were things like, that people wouldn't necessarily be able to tell her as just a normal coach or a normal person, you know, that met her and wanted to give her advice. But this person was Heath. And um, in her session, she said it was super direct, super on point, and she still uses a lot of the tips and tactics that you shared with her. So I, after maybe two years, was like, I think I want to do one of those. Like it was related to business. And she said that you're super direct and gave so much clarity. So at this point in time with Almost 30, we're really transitioning to 2020. We have a lot on our plate as everyone does, but I thought it would be helpful for me to get a little bit more clarity and direction on a few different areas in my life. And we spoke. I got in the last day that you were seeing female clients and it was fate. Come on, Heath. I know. <laughs> How crazy. Because I Jenna connected us and you were like, oh. There was literally a line, like a yeah. hard line. Well, you have to, yeah. I would assume. You hardlined it and you said no more after this day. So I get on a Friday night at 7 p.m. And that was the very last day. Yeah. So such fate that we You're were- actually the last person. Ever. Wow. The way you got in because someone had canceled and pushed it off till Saturday. And so like I had to open the window and you were the last person because she ended up not even having the thing at all. No way. Yeah. Very Whoa. monumental. It was truly monumental. After I was done, you're like, you know what? This is the best. (laughs) I'm done. I can't get any better than this woman here. And I think our session happened after our retreat or something really crazy, but it was amazing. You know, we've had Akashic Record readings before, but I never felt like it was super connected for me. And it seemed like you kind of went into the records, found the situations, but really drilled them down to like making more sense rather than painting a picture of like me in the thirties 
as a, you know, like, like a, a flapper. Woman. Yeah, as a flapper. Yeah. But that was the 20s, I think. So me in the 30s, just like as a pilgrim, you know, whatever I was doing, it was like, it was less about the story of who I was and more about like, what were the lessons that I needed to be? Yeah. We had one reading and like, I was, I am unable to let myself go. And so I literally made up a story about, I was like, they're like, what do you see? I'm like, I'm a pirate. <laughs> I made myself be a pirate. But anyways, and- Mermaid. You love saying you're a former mermaid. I, every reader has ever told me I'm a mermaid. So it's true. It's true facts. She loves hearing Should you that. see mermaidness in my chart? No, no none of that stuff. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But he said, I am powerful and I'm a rock star. And I said, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. Come back for more. And yeah. So having you here today is amazing too, because Justin also got a session with you, but it was more along the lines of the work that you're moving into as it relates to um, conscious men and helping men up level. And we'll talk a lot about that, but I would love to really just start with um, more about you and sort of how you got started in this space of working with men as a coach of being an Akashic records reader of being, you're very intuitive too. You know, whenever I've talked to you, you've, you've brought up things and situations that are definitely dropped in from your guides or your intuitive self or your higher self. And so I'd love to talk about that at the beginning, and then we can kind of evolve through to Akashic records and to, to the work you did with Justin. Awesome. I, I think that, um, you know, this whole mermaid princess pilgrim thing is, <laughs> It's important because like I've had several readings before and I would kind of walk away and I'm like, great. I was like this amazing, like general or <laughs> always, you're always like a leader. <laughs> yes. Like, like, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah. Like, okay. Nobody else sees that. In I'm me. usually a like, homeless person. So that's <laughs> no, Justin's the same. Justin's really? been yeah. a homeless person. That's why we get it. A few <laughs> different lifetimes. Yeah. And I think that energy is, it's real. I mean, there's something there, but the key that I try to focus on is like how to make that actionable and like how to like bring that into your day to day and like really make an impact on your experience and really just like focus on results. And the way I got into this was I had uh, started a software company in my late twenties and I ran it with some other guys. I brought on some partners and, you know, we were checking all the boxes to the outside world. I really thought I had done everything that I needed to do to be successful and like build the kind of life that I wanted to live or that everybody around you wants you to live. And it really looked amazing from the outside, but on the inside, I was kind of not feeling it. It was just like things kind of aren't working the way I think they should. Or if this is what success looks like, I don't really like how it feels to me. Mm, yeah. And I felt that after about five years and I couldn't really find I didn't have anybody around me that could help me like figure out how to solve that or shift that. And so I just stuck it out for like five more years. So wow. okay, like, let's stay in the business. Let's keep growing. I'm independent. I don't have a boss. I'm making money, flying all over the world, doing all the things. Um, and then like five years later, there's this really poignant moment. I went to hang out with like my brother and one of my best friends and we went on this fishing trip and they were having so much fun and they were drinking beer and catching fish. And I was like hugging a pole on the boat and just like puking my guts out. <laughs> and they're like, you're sort of calling me captain concrete. Cause I was so pale, yeah. just like so stiff. And I was like, Good Oh one. my God, this is not version of me that I think should exist in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I left my business 
shortly after that and started this like process of just figuring out like who the fuck am I and what's going on and how can I live the life that I want to live through part of this process a buddy of mine took me to a meditation retreat I met an amazing woman that introduced me to the Akashic Records in the first couple of hours she helped me unlock all the patterns that I that had kept me in this like situation that was really kind of untenable for me and I was able to let it go and start to really shift and transform really quickly a lot of problems and kind of pain points that had been popping up and I'd been struggling with for a long time and it's like if you have a if I break my leg or I break my arm and I've got like a couple of big casts on and I try to go into my relationship with these casts like you have to treat me differently like you maybe have to feed me like our sex is going to be different somebody's going to help me dress or bathe like if I try to go to work with these giant casts on maybe I can't go on business trips I don't get to go to certain meetings I can't perform at the level I want to perform and this akashic records work is so powerful because like we uncover all of the energetic versions of these casts your belief systems your programming karmic stuff, energetic, genetic DNA kinds of things that you inherit from your parents, from culture, from society. And it's stuff that's really hard to pinpoint on your own, but it has the same impact physically in your life as if you were locked up in these casts. Right. So that's really kind of my approach is to figure out like what's, I start at like what's physically in your experience. It's not going well. And that could be like a, a money problem or a physical pain problem or just like a, a general sense of like shit's not working the way I want it to work and I don't know how to change it and start from there and start to look at the energetic roots we identify these patterns and heal them do some clearing process and there's always some like very intricate or very customized action strategy depending on what it is going on for the person to like help them shift out of that so we clear the energy kind of in the Akashic Records, which you know, people think about different dimensions where that may be located, and everybody's got their own perspective. But then we just bring it into consciousness when during the actual work, changing your action in day-to-day life, then kind of changes your physical vibration. Then you start to attract and create different results. So, so it's a very tactical, grounded process, even though it's a spiritual, somewhat etherical kind of root set of tools. Yeah. It's funny you said that about the guys, like you go, so it's, you did one meditation retreat. You met one woman, she showed you the records and you're like, got it. And I have a friend who is doing work now with men. She's a woman. And she said there was a retreat that she led and it was only men. And she's like, it was the fucking best. She's like, because the guys are like, okay, so, so what's my limiting belief? Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. And they're like, and they just write it down and they cut and they're done. done. Literally like, because women were so like, I don't know. We're just so like emotionally like driven that we're like, Oh, but there's this thing I need to mourn. I need to da da da. And the guys are like, cool, cool. Got it. Moving on. And they just take it and like run. She's like, it was a dream. Like it was an absolute dream. I feel like the Akashic records though are kind of like something that might maybe freak a guy out who is very logical. Completely. So like in terms of like when you first had a reading where you're like, what the hell? Or was I felt so fucking liberated. Okay. Wow. Just because I had been struggling with this. Yes. Like I, when I left my company, my decision point, I had made more money in a 12 month period than I had ever dreamed I would make. 
And like my decision point was like, I'm either going to kill myself or quit my job. Mm. And so to figure out like what that pattern was, was just like, you know, somebody opened up the gates and like the sun is shining and I'm so happy. You know, it was like crazy. It was very physical, but I could, she talked, but I could feel it almost in every cell of my body. Wow. Just kind of dropped in. And I find that's true to varying degrees with people that show up and what shows up for them is whatever they're ready for. And it's, uh, it's not like it just something I'm thinking of. It's like coming from whoever shows up for work. So I'm kind of channeling the higher self of whatever client I happen to be working for at the time. So it's a very like you talking to you through me mm-hmm. process, but I've lived a lot of these situations. So I get a lot of people that are dealing with the things that I've dealt with. And the underpinnings of all of my challenges was this kind of thread of like not being good enough. Like I've, it, it's existed since childhood for whatever reason. Right. And so like when you don't feel that, your whole life is built upon a foundation of like you're not good enough. So you start making up for it in all these different ways, creating relationships that feed certain things for you because you don't feed it yourself. And I talk about that in my, this process I've developed is kind of like the state of the sovereign state of man. I kind of look at each person as a, as a, as a country. It's like, if you've got plenty of wheat and natural resources and water and whatever you need to survive, like you're making good trade agreements with anybody around you. And this is maybe a very masculine way to think about healing and stuff. It's like trade. Mm -hmm. But if you like don't have love, you're making all kinds of fucked up agreements in your life so that you can get that love from your relationship or from your job or some validation from the outside to kind of make yourself whole. But then that's your foundation is like super jacked up. And I've, I have done that like multiple times and like burned my life down in the process of trying to figure out what that root cause is. And so I really help people identify that without having to go through the fire and torture part of it that I've had to gone through. I think for me, I didn't, I just didn't know. And I, when I just made the switch to like, I really want to focus on men's work. I was more thinking of like, what would I have wanted a decade ago? And I'm very blessed. I've had really amazing teachers. Most of them were women and all these other experiences. But my path to it was, it took a long time and it was was not so accessible. So presenting myself to a group of people that may not search as hard as I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm an earthy guy. I'm from Texas. I've camped out. I've fished. I've run a business. I've had jobs. Very regular. It's not so guru-y kind of thing. And I'm definitely not in that category. Yeah. I just like have some tools that fucking work. Yeah. And so people can engage with it and make a difference in their own life. Yeah. I do, but just before we kind of move on from there, I do want to talk about what the Akashic Records are. And how does someone tap into them just so we can like lay the foundation for what exactly that is? Again, this is like, I'm not guru kind of guy. And I think there's lots of different definitions of what it is. But for me, I mean, and this is my frame of reference is that it's your soul record. It holds all of the choices and consequences that you have made as your soul has been incarnated into a body at some point in time. Um, future or past. And if you dial deeper, it's like, well, there's no time. So there's no future and no past. They're just different experiences. And these choices and consequences hold themselves in the energy 
And when I dial in, I just, I feel the energy and it usually the stories or whatever kind of information comes through in a way that's digestible for whoever I'm working with. And that there's the, how that shows up widely varies. Um, although a lot of times the people that are showing up in that kind of message has something to do with something I've, I've experienced myself or some variation of something. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I have the embodied resonance of those healing opportunities. And so people are attracted to my work that also embody a need to heal the things that I've already healed, which I think is pretty normal in this space. Yeah. Mine was related to mom stuff. We had similar experiences in that, in that, right. And, um, I remember we were talking and you're like, oh yeah, say for example, your foot was hurting. And at that time, my foot was like all messed up and you just called it out right away, which was the fact that my foot was hurting was because I wasn't standing enough in my power. So the energy had nowhere to go. So it was causing a bunch of different issues that were resonating in my body, which was very true. Mm. But yeah, mine was completely spot on and it really was helpful to, to tap in there. Last question on that. Can anyone tap into the records? Like how, what exactly is done where you're able to like get into something that I don't necessarily know if I'm able to tap into? We all have access to this. It just depends. It's like any skill. Yeah. If you devote yourself to it. You can learn how to do it. There's online courses that give you access. There's books that talk about pathway prayers and all kinds of things. I had two different teachers that taught two different ways to do the access. And literally, I just felt like this is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. So I stopped everything else and just focused on this like a couple of years after I left my business. Wow. Uh, and it just, we could all take the same courses and read the books and access and then have wildly different practices or expressions of it because we, it's, it's like the energy comes through me and all of my experiences in alignment with like my intentions for how I want to show up. So I have one of the reasons I had a very clear line on like no more women after today in the practice is because my intention is to, there's a huge market of men that I believe are open and ready to hear this in a voice that I can present very clearly. And that's how I think, you know, you have like, my goal is to like make the world a better place, just like everybody else around here. I think that that's my window to do that is like open the hearts of like thousands of men by helping them understand themselves and create the life that they, they want to live. Yeah. So like the work, you know, you upgrade your life experience, your relationship, your business, whatever your creative self-expression is like this, this is the work that leads to that. Mm -hmm. But anyone can do it. it. Just, I just dedicated, I was like, okay, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. As it relates to like the male, physical, mental, emotional body, like how I know physical, why that's different than women, but like, is it a case by case basis? Why they're different emotionally and spiritually and on a soul level or like, what are you seeing in your work as it relates to that? I don't know that I've studied the differences. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have my own like life experience with men and women and you kind of dialed into something really accurate at the beginning of the call. It's just like this, like I feel really nourished when I'm working with guys in a way that like I'm working with my brother and I'm, it, it's a very different feeling. I've had only positive experiences with women too. And I've worked with some super amazing women. 
I think a lot of what you're talking about is right though, in terms of like the emotional body and needing to process grief and process other things or situations or understanding. I am not the best at holding space for that. I have realized mm. I'm like, okay, like here's the deal. Like, yeah, I can do it. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Why are you not doing it? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. And because the result, I know that I'm super clear. The results are there. Like if you paying me to get a result, like this is, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like let's dance. Mm-hmm. And that's also part of my energetic makeup is like, I like want to get a lot of clarity and move quickly through things. And those are the kind of the people that oh, it's okay. are easier to work yeah. with for me. Yeah. For yeah. Everyone probably. <laughs> <laughs> so like in terms of processing emotions and so you're saying that women need like more time to process it. it and, I'm and, saying I'm not the expert. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just like I thinking I about it. Would, I think spirits are all different, but I kind of just see exactly what you're saying where I feel like in my experience with women's work and being with women versus men is it's so layered and complex. And that's like what makes women so beautiful at what they do because they make everything so layered and beautiful. But oftentimes it just makes things a lot more complicated than, than what men make it. And I think women like to, we like to be in the process. I'll speak for myself, but like being in the process. So it's kind of like being in it, not rushing through it. I think men are like, okay, so how do I get there? And like, show me, oh, okay. It's going to look like that. Zoom. Like it's very linear in that way. And that's not like a negative linear. It's just like, yeah, go right for it. But I think women are like, all right, so I can dance over here for a little bit. And then I'm going to float over here and take a nap and then like roll around. (laughs) You know what I mean? What I've learned, my girlfriend that I was telling you about earlier, she's an embodiment coach. And so what I've learned from her is like from a physical perspective, like women's bodies go through this cycle every month. There you go. What looks like, like my body wants to birth. So it's like, I'm about to give birth to the most beautiful, amazing thing ever that could ever happen in the universe. So like two weeks later, like that thing died. And now I have to like go through the grief process of like the most beautiful, amazing thing in the universe not happening. And it's all my fault. Yeah. Or this dude's fault that didn't help me make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, just um, hey. And so that in and of itself, that's like that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. In terms of like how you like need to feel and process your life in general. Forget about like a thing like with work or your yeah. mom or your boyfriend or whoever. Yeah. I think I think guys also are kind of like yearning for this. Like it was mm-hmm. great. I don't want to jump the gun too much, but yeah, um, just just talking to you during that session was was amazing. It was my first one with a male. Um, and I've had some great readings from all different kinds of backgrounds, but just being able to chat in intermittently, I was just like wanting to know more. And I wanted to, you know, it kind of felt like I was sitting down with a friend, you know what I mean? And just like getting that stuff out there just like felt great. And I'm sure you probably feel part of that when you, when you're giving these readings to men. Yeah. And you're wanting to know yourself, right? Like that's, it's just like a window into you that you haven't kind of given yourself permission to kind of lock into yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my life is like a quest for like self-understanding and you know, it's, it was so nice after he spoke with you because he was messaging me like he's amazing. It was so great. And just to know that you had an opportunity that I feel like I have quite often with women is to ask those certain type of questions that help you better understand yourself and really present a mirror for you. You know, I know guys and, and their friends are amazing, but I don't think that there is that 
depth a lot of times that, that women have. So it's interesting that I feel like a lot of men have the depth of time with their relationships. Will they be friends with the same guy from two? You know, they're like, oh, that's Bill. He's crazy. Like he's hitting on my wife again. He's crazy. But then women are like, just go deeper, faster. So we have friends for a period of time, maybe a few years, and we go really deep with them, then it might be done. You know, we kind of are through those cycles again, like you said. So just him having the opportunity to talk with you was just, I felt nourished too. Awesome. I just I just don't get opportunity to do that that yeah. often. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't think I'm alone. Yeah, oh, not at all. Guys out there, it's like, I, I just, that was one of the first times I think in my life that I've just kind of been able to talk about things that I've been thinking about for a while. And um it's not that I couldn't do that with my friends. It's just, there's not really that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know? There's <laughs> game on you're between like, memes hey, and, and like sports yeah, exactly. updates. <laughs> that's, that's about it. <laughs> there's kind of an art to like holding space for each other like that, but it's mm-hmm. totally doable. And I think that it's becoming more pervasive. There's more I've met since I've actually, it's crazy that since I've made this decision, these guys are just showing up. So it's like, they're showing up in my life and in my practice in a way that I've never experienced before. And I was telling my girlfriend, like, Austin's great. I've met all these amazing open-hearted guys. It's like so great. She's like, it's not Austin. It's you just changed your thing. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. So wow. it's it's great. And I think this is also why I want to do it. Like you said, there's so many spaces for women to have these conversations and do these things. So I there's a few for men, and I just want to kind of open start putting my energy into that lane as well. Since you mentioned it, like, can you kind of talk us through a little bit um, what that would look like to hold space, like for for men to hold space for each other? Yeah, yeah. What did you, what did it feel like for you? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I didn't really go into it. I went I went into it just like you know any other reading. Yeah, just kind of open and I get Justin readings with everyone. Yeah, yeah <laughs> honestly, it's actually, it's actually great. It's a new great. week, a new reading. <laughs> I know, and that's funny because like I wouldn't do that on my own. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not. I'm definitely not against it, but I just that's not something that. I would, just would you do, do this on your own after experiencing it oh. compared to all the other stuff that you've done? Oh, for from sure. A men's perspective. For ah. sure. And I, I meant like, just like I would, guys just don't, I don't have too many that go to psychics or get, mm-hmm. um, you know, get any type of reading. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> it would be funny to have like a guy friend who's like addicted to psychics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every week he's like, I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I told you to bet on the Lakers. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, I just went into it, but, um, yeah, there was something about the, the, the conversation that, you know, I just, I felt compelled after what we were talking about. And I think the fact that it was very conversational really helped um, just being able to go back and forth. And it was, like I said, it was one of the few times in my life that I've actually done that. So it just, it felt, it felt great. Yeah. And you were able to, when we had our reading, you tapped into Justin's energy field and it was so sweet. You made me cry. You're like, he is, you've got a treasure on your hands. (laughs) And I was like, that is not the first time I've heard that one. (laughs) I was like, he's a pure treasure. You are pure love and I'm power. <laughs> I am power in your love. <laughs> perfect match. For the perfect match. Um, I do want to talk about, yeah, I want to get into like the men's work. So for a lot of the women that are listening, so we do have a lot of men in our community that listen, but for the women that are listening that are dating men like this, what would you suggest as first steps to helping them be more sovereign, to helping them be more comfortable in their skin? And are we able as women to hold the same sort of space that you are able to hold for other men as men? 
from your question earlier, like what does it look like for men? I yeah. think I'll start there and like it holding space like in everything that I've experienced is really just creating a place for people to say what they need to say without any judgment. And that's the first thing, like for me, like admitting like that I fucking hate my job or that I was an alcoholic or whatever it was, was kind of like step one. And most people don't say that. Like you just hold it inside. And so it's like the more you push all that stuff down, it festers and it's like the bad seed. And so like the first part of that is like creating some framework for people and when someone pays to come into my work, like they're expecting to say whatever they need to say. So it's automatically like it's a free for all. I just say it and I'm kind of set the rules for the game, which is I don't hold back and I go everywhere. Like, so you shouldn't either. And I also, I lead the way by saying like all of my challenge points, like this is when I wanted to like in my life, this is where I was like a super crazy addict this is where I blew all my money. This is where I made all my money. This is where I've had a divorce and this is how it felt. Or this is my challenge with like dealing with children in my life and where it hurts me and where I feel good. I just try to like create space more than hold space because mm. like if I can like open up the floor and talk about all the fucked up things that I've either done or experienced or felt guilt or shame or pain around, then they can step forward and say like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the shit I'm talking about. And sometimes I do that with women and they jump into the space and sometimes they're like, oh my God, this dude's crazy. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Bitches. Because maybe they can't identify so much with that experience because the experience is different, but mostly with men, like they get it. Like, yeah, I understand. And sometimes women need to feel like the man is like the like the root. And so to hear your vulnerabilities and your experience, she may be like, no, that's for me. Like I'm supposed to like be, you don't know, have those things. I'm just speaking from my own experience, but I think there's a lot of pressure on us to, to to be like rock solid all the time, which I think is to your point is what makes it build up a little bit. Yeah. You you don't, some people have breaking points. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, I know I had experience at work too. Everyone was like, man, you always keep it, keep it, you know, so chill. And, and like, I look at you and like, how does he staying so calm? But on the inside, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm going crazy. So um, it's tough. You have to, you have to always put on that face, like with friends, family, coworkers. It's a lot. And you, you ask like, what can women do to help their partners or guys in their life? It's like, again, like my experience is me. And you had asked me like, why do I, what's so amazing about my girlfriend? And I think, my answer was... I asked him that earlier when we were having lunch. Mm-hmm. She was the first person that ever accepted and saw me for all the layers of who I am. And she created this space where like vulnerability was sexy. She knew that I was like trying to work out my shit. And I mean, there's some circles for the past two years, I'm known as like the crying American because <laughs> I'm just like fucking crying all the time. Oh my God, in Sweden. Trying oh, to figure it out. Wow. Yeah. Girlfriend Swedish. Yeah. Oh. Um, But she, rather than be critical of it, she understood that I was trying to be a better version of me. And this is what it took. I had to like work through some shit and process it and let it go. So there was some grief involved. There was, you know, this thing that you only, we classified as like the woman's process earlier. That's also the men's process. I mean, a lot of the guys like show up and cry, like it's fine. And I also hold space for that. Like there's, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but it's like, it's 
for for me having a place to like be seen and held and accepted and like help me realize that I'm fucking good enough. Eventually when she loved me up so much and so many other people were loving me up around me, I had to believe that I'm good enough. Like I have tried to self-sabotage myself through so much of that stuff. I like tried to change my name, tried to create these other problems, tried to do all these other things. But finally I just, I'm the only one here. I have to learn how to like live with me and build from there. And I think that's, we kind of wiggle, try to wiggle out and get away from like facing our truth sometimes because it's like super scary. And I had amazing women hold that space for me and just like accept me for who I am and like kind of lift me up through that process. I mean, she was like, vulnerability is the sexiest thing I've ever heard of. Mm. So like, it's like, okay. So you're like, I can so, do that. You're like, vulnerability is going to get me late. <laughs> yeah, more sex yeah. You're like, <laughs> check. So like, you know, making vulnerability sexy is like an easy thing. Like, yeah. Without being like, we don't want a mom. We don't need an extra mom layer into it, but mm. just like be, be, <laughs> be the, we need video podcasts I know, looks across the room. No, be a sex <laughs> goddess and make my vulnerability sexy. Mm. Like help me own it or, you know, you own your part of you and I'll own my part of me. Mm. Well, yeah, what is it about that? Cause I've done that too. So the mom dynamic where yeah. like you want to take care or you want to like kind of control or order that, you know what I mean? What is that void that, we're trying to fill as women and they want and filled as men. They want filled as men. Yes. <laughs> but true or false. That's not a blanket statement. That's not, that's not a blanket statement, that. but I do know there's a lot of women that are like, I feel like I'm their mom. They got to fucking stop. <laughs> I, that, they've said it. They're like, I feel like I'm their mom. Like that. Uh. Yeah. I've, I've heard it too. <laughs> We're looking at Justin. I don't know. I know why. Why no, but I've done it too. I literally would like get off on doing their laundry because yes. I thought they would think I was like, you know, future wife number one. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's that and it's yeah. and it's such a mom thing. I need a second mom. You know what I mean? See, <laughs> Justin wants a mom. <laughs> Hire a housekeeper. Yeah, literally. No, stay. They're at our house right now. <laughs> and his name's Ronnie and he's a dude. So whatever. Amazing. But what is that? Like, what are we trying to fill? Just from my experience, this when I see people doing that, it's because they, they're not in integrity with themselves on either side. So like the man, when he's doing that, he's not in his power. Yeah. It's totally. And when I look at my job in my business, it was like, okay, I was completely out of integrity with myself. I broke myself down and shaped myself into a way where I could be accepted by whatever group was around me. And so there's safety in needing a mom. So if I need you to need to do all the shit and you're doing it, then we're still here. We're not two independent sovereign souls that are empowered and in our creative lanes and in integrity and like doing amazing shit in the world and having amazing sex. We're like, you're taking care of me. I need you. It's like a weird codependency kind of thing. Um, And it shows up different on both sides. Yeah. I guess I've experienced the wanting to feel needed. That is, that is right. Yeah. That's true. a good one. Or validation feel, by doing. Yeah. I want to feel needed. And that, cause if they don't need me, then I'm afraid they're going to leave. Yeah. Well, it's fucked up. Cause if you tie that to laundry, like the minute you get a housekeeper, your relationship's over don't like, yeah. because you kind of, it gets tied into a certain pattern. And I've seen people that are in situations where 
the language of love is like me doing for you or buying for you or giving you things. And then as soon as that, you could get a lot of friction there really quickly and then everything just falls apart. Mm. So it's important to like really tie love into love and not, there's a fine line. I mean, there's, there's actions and taking care and showing up, but I think it's a, more of a, an agreement between the parties and being super conscious about it. Mm. What are some of the common blocks that you see the men coming to you with? Like what are some of their limiting beliefs or when you're having the coaching or the group work that you see as a pattern? I would say that some semblance of not feeling good enough not accepting yourself and then also fear just fear in general a fear of like okay i'm i need more money i need more this that or the other to be successful need a which bigger is again dick. rooted in like sorry <laughs> need a bigger <laughs> bigger dick, dick. Um, justin's not having that joke <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh god this is it um, see you at the live show <laughs> no, honestly <laughs> The thing is, the more you love yourself, the bigger your dick gets. So which is a giant, mm, damn, which is a giant. That's gonna there's be our the audiogram. There's the audiogram. There's the audiogram. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. That's it out there. But it's actually it's that true. is fucking like, true. That yeah. is a true thing. There's a woman's part too that you get into the, like worshiping the cock, then that mm. helps the dick feel loved. <laughs> wow, too, and just grow more even outside of the normal physical process. Right. <laughs> So we're doing that work next. What is fear? Cock worship. Yeah. Here you go, buddy. Thank you. Um, Fear restricts everything. So it restricts your flow, like it restricts your physical body. Like, you know, if a woman's retracting inside of herself, if a man is scared or fearful of the world or fearful of his life not going the way it is or losing control, then, you know, the physical body retracts. It's not safe. When you're safe and full of love, it just all naturally, gravity does its thing and you just go out into the world. Not feeling good enough is pervasive. I would say that's the primary thing. And it's because we all have parents, everybody's parents did their best. Culture is set up to pit people against each other and compare ourselves to everything else around us in order to validate our own existence. So even if we're doing amazing, you don't feel good enough. I had done more than I ever dreamed I could do at this point in my business. And I felt terrible and nothing was working. And the roots of that was like, I just didn't accept myself. So energetically, like I was creating a ripple effect and that was just getting reflected all around me. Mm. I was racing a race like in somebody else's dream and winning, but that didn't make my life any better. Do any of those resonate with you, Penny? Yes, TBD. Mm-hmm. Not right now, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Mm. Totally. I was wondering too, like when when you're working with men and they are at that point with when they're in a job they don't love at all, but the the money's really good, or say the status is really good, or whatever it is. Like how how do you like? usher them through that thought process and then empower them to make an actual move towards what they really want to do. Usually there's a threat. There's something they know that's not right. Mm. Cause I've been in that position. And even though everything was there, there was some piece of me that knew that it wasn't going well. And I helped the 
guys tune into like what that piece is, which is different for every other person and start to understand. And one of the things is like, if you're have consciousness of what you're doing, you're going to really want to make a change. And like, once, once I say it, or once it comes up, you can't unhear it. Mm. It becomes part of your zeitgeist of you and you start to see it pop more and more. You're like, oh, this is where I'm scared. This is where I'm experiencing, like I'm not accepting myself or I don't think I'm good enough. Or this is a terrible trade agreement. I'm spending like 10 hours a day here for, you know, 50 to $200,000 a year. And then the rest of my life isn't good at all. Or I'm bringing this pain from this job and I'm ruining a relationship with the woman I love, or I'm bringing this pain from my job and I'm taking it out on my kids. Would I want to... You know, one thing that a friend of mine, Dan, like had mentioned to me is often he does is he thinks about what if he was his child, how would he coach his own child? Mm. It's like, would I want my son to be in this situation mm. or would I coach him into doing something more liberating from him? And my, it's scary to walk away from a lot of money. It's scary to walk away from like security, perceived security. But my experience is that if you, and I, it sounds like loosey goosey or hokey or whatever, but like if you get into something that's aligned with kind of your heartfelt desires of how you want to experience yourself, like money shows up. I don't coach people to just like blow it up and then see what the fuck happens. I don't want to put anybody into like financial or emotional or life trauma. I have been through that. So I help kind of create a roadmap that's got action plans and action strategies that are very different for each person. Like, how do you, how can you shift? Like if you set the intention, the the pathway starts paving itself. Basically, if you're willing to take a step, it's, I always use this metaphor of like, if we're in a giant warehouse, that's dark and you have a flashlight pointing at your feet, like you can't see anything, but if you take a step, you can see like 10 more feet in front of you. And it just, as long as you're brave enough to keep taking one step after the other, like it shows up and you show up for yourself, the universe shows up for you, and your results change. 100%. Always, always, always happens in my experience. What is a man in his power? What, what, would, that, what would that feel like to a woman? Fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think... Do we use the oak tree kind of... As an example? As an example. I, I think I don't like, think so. so when we talk about women's energies like this and it's all beautiful, like if the man becomes like this giant Oak in the middle of your life and you're like flitting around like a beautiful bird landing wherever you want, knowing that that Oak tree is there is what it just feels like divine presence. Like people talk about it in different ways. It's just like solid grounded presence, like masculine leadership, this, this kind of way of thinking is what that feels like. And what can happen is if the man tries to chase the mood swings of the woman, like the oak doesn't bend, it breaks. Like it's like this, like there's some flexibility when the wind blows, but like you, you want an oak in your life. that's like grounded and kind of owning himself and then letting, letting you come in and out and follow these beautiful, uh, beautiful, what, green what do you have to say? <laughs> All right. The, the oak is speaking. <laughs> our, our, our analogy yeah. is, is uh, riding the coaster. That's what we say. Yeah. Justin's crazy and he's a roller no. coaster of emotions. So I have to hop on the coaster and just, and just ride. Yeah. That's no. it. I get the highs and the lows, but 
Put your arms up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing you're tall enough to ride. Because <laughs> it is a coaster. Every time I walk inside, Justin goes like this. He goes. And tries to figure out what mood I'm in. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, he literally tries to read me so did, hard every day. Analysis, yeah. I'm like, which, which one am I going to get? <laughs> How do you, like, on that? Keeps it fun. Yeah. I, let them keep talking and then I'll, I'll comment on, on the situation Let's and then referee. you can ch- chime in. Um, no, like on that, like how do you, I keep veering in, in terms of the relationship, but even like in a work situation or just in the world, like how do men accurately perceive a woman's energy and work with it? Yeah. Move with, I don't know. Like I, you yeah, said the they, oak tree that resonates with me. Yeah. How do they hold space and sympathize, but not get attached to the emotions? Like how do they know when to act if a woman's like doing that? You're not responsible for her choices or her outcome. Like if you want to yeah. cry and be crazy about something that happened on the street, I'd be like, I love you. I feel you, but like, I'm going to be over here. Yeah. Or do you need anything from me to like process this? I'm willing to like engage with you and hold space and support you. But like, that's not my shit. I'm not sad about that. Man, I love Heath. (laughs) And it's hard because girls are like, come here, like cry with me, like be mad with me. Like, yeah. To be honest, (laughs) I am not even a roller coaster. Justin is. <laughs> I'm gonna walk. I have to ride the wave. Maybe you both ride the wave. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sometimes we're on the same ride, and I think that's also okay. It's just about being conscious of it and course. being able to course correct. Like yeah. I still ride the wave. I have waves. Yeah, she has waves. We are just like okay, yeah. pointing it out to each other. Is this a thing? Yeah. Okay. You're right. I'm going to like sit here and think about it. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had given you guys like this communication thing and that's- We did it this morning. We did it this morning. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. That's yeah. the root of it. So like yeah. we do that all the it time is. now without setting up the whole <laughs> process. Good. Oh yeah. Don't yeah. Hanging. Justin kept Can you share or not? Can you share the, the mode of communication? Yeah, of course. But that yeah. becomes like the way you relate to each other. Yep. Holding that space. So then everything's, there's no fear. There's no holding back. There's no weird pressure. There's no- which creates less of a wave. Like, so if you let something out, it just kind of flutters out and goes away. It doesn't like explode out and create a big problem. We're yeah. going to do it like once a month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bi-weekly maybe. Yeah. Every two weeks. We did it with become it. like everyday thing. Like, really? Yeah. You'll be thinking, you won't without the whole setup. Yeah. You'll just I, think, completely. oh, this is how I relate oh, to nice. you. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Completely. I can see that. No, it was healthy. Do you want to walk us through what it was? You don't have to say what you said, but just like what it yeah. looks like. We could even say, I don't care. Yeah. It was, it was good. It started, um, what was it? Ten minutes on the clock. Mm-hmm. I started. Mm-hmm. Um, did the full ten minutes, mm-hmm. and when Krista went, and you did like six minutes. Yeah, and then you were like, "You <laughs> suck at this." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I did not say that. I was I like, "I have." That. Yes, you did. You were like, "You're not being good at this." No, I said, "I said time." You're being bad at the time. Okay, and but I had it a was few. Good. It was quality. It was quality content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what it is is um, a structure and kind of a container for to check in with your partner and see how you're feeling and how you're doing, and it's kind of it's the permission, you know. So for Justin and I, it was the permission for him to talk for ten minutes, for me to hold space to not reply or respond just to be there and listen to, to what was going on with him or what he wanted to share. And then we took 
probably 10 minutes in between to kind of talk about if I had any thoughts or feelings about what you said. And then I took my turn and I had my 10 minutes and then I don't know if that was part of the rules, yeah. but we took some time after each of us went to kind of like reply. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh no, that's, that's not the method. Um, but what was nice is the, I love, and we did this at onsite. We went to this um, retreat that had various parts of therapy within it, but the ability to just hold space and listen and not reply is the best. Yeah. It's the best. I just really enjoy that ability and, and permission again for me to process and understand and just to, to hold space for that person. And it really allows people to speak up more so than they probably would if they weren't given, you know, the choice to speak. And it was great. I mean, I was like, I loved our chat today. There's something that happens energetically. And we've found this just like with the community when we meet them, where like the response that you give in a deep conversation is actually like energetically kind of like breaking their, I don't know if it's like flow. flow. Like I think they appreciate it, but I think on like a subconscious level, uh, what, what what did we discuss the other day? It was almost like, they say less because of our, like our reactions almost sometimes, even if we're just being like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Or that's so challenging. Like it, there's something about it that like kind of breaks and they feel bad about sharing. I don't know what that is. What did you find? And why did you kind of put in that no response? I think the, this is rooted. So Lena and I went to a 10 day Tantra retreat in Thailand. That was all about, figuring out our wasn't just like a physical thing. It was like a really deep emotional kind of, it was like a 10 day heart, heart opening. It's what I, this is where I got my American crying nickname started. Um, <laughs> but just holding about creating space for you to like, once you have the space, like all things would come up that you wouldn't really be, you would be very surprised that we're not even conscious that needed to come out. And so the silence part of that is really about like, even like if you only went six minutes to just sit there for four minutes, because something else will come that you're just not aware of. Like you cleared everything in your brain. Now something from your heart's going to show up that you weren't really expecting. Yeah. I think that's an important part of it quickly is like giving yourself the four minutes, even if you're quiet to process and see if there's, cause that's the thing is with so much of life and business and all the relationships, it's like, okay, what else? Okay. What else? Okay. What else? Okay. What else? And the other person, mm-hmm. the silence part and the no replies, because most people just, you just want to like hold the person or fix them or make them feel better. And that's not what you need. You don't need to be coddled or petted or fixed. You need to like, let this shit out and you need to fucking scream and cry or do whatever it is. I think the first time we did this exercise, something really gnarly came up for me that I had no idea, but it was like foundational. I think it was, so I had been married before and she had a child. So he and I were really close. And I felt like if I'm choosing my current girlfriend, like I have to like not love this kid anymore. Like I have to choose between like a six year old boy that I love and this romantic love relationship, which was like devastating internally. But of course, when I said that, I know that that's not true, but that was the energy I had been holding which sucked for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was, yeah, it was really good. It was just really good. And I'm excited to put that into practice because we do connect quite a bit, but it was nice to no phones, look at each other. It was, um, it was, it was structured. It was way more structured than we've ever done. before. Yeah, totally. There was like, you know, time and back and forth. And um, 
before it's just been, yeah, it's like 30 minutes chat, no phones, but nothing really. Yeah. Really formal. And I'm sure it helps to like break relationship patterns, like even with friendships or something like that, where you have designated time, it breaks up the, whatever pattern it is, whether it's like just quick back and forth surface level or whether, you know, whatever that looks like, it's, it's kind of nice to instate, instate a structure. Yeah. That goes back to the question that one of you asked about, like, what does it look like for men to hold space? Like that's, it's an evolution of that. It's like, I get on the phone with some guys that I know and we just, I'll say what's up, give them all my stuff that I'm working through or having a challenge with. They'll maybe mirror something back to me if something's there or I'm asking and then they'll just go through their thing. So it's cool. not as hardcore structured. There's no stopwatch, but you just kind of, once you see the benefits in your life and your relationships, it, it becomes a way to communicate and relate to people. Yeah. As um, a last question from me, kind of changing a little bit, but I am curious to hear your opinions on being a man in the world today, you know, with the rise of women or the rise of, you know, our perception of women's status or ability or, you know, place in the workplace or place in the world. Does it feel like your voices are being lost or do you feel like sometimes judged because you are a man or just what are you, how are you feeling? I don't know. Both of you. My feeling is like what's actually going on regardless of how I feel about yeah. it. Or my experience of, is that when women are rising around you, it's really, it's super triggering in a way because you're, and if it is, it's because you're not doing your own work. And so it's, it's an invitation to get into more work. It's not that the women rising should stop. It should only be amplified, but it's really a call to like dig in deeper for yourself to be a part of that movement and to be a part of that change in the world. And I think a lot of guys don't know how to do that, even if they really want to. Maybe they have some amazing woman like you guys in their life, but they don't know how to dial into that. It can be very intimidating. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm a single guy and I meet somebody like that and you're kind of on your trajectory and I don't know how to be on that trajectory, but I'm feeling the call. Like it's, It can be challenging and scary and triggering, but I think the appropriate response is to like dig in and not try to prevent or suppress. Like the prevent or suppress or belittle is is more of a lack of being in your own personal power from a men's perspective. And I think it's a call to dig in and just go deeper and open your heart and participate in that awakening. Yeah, I agree. I don't like to look at it as like women rising. I feel like there needs to be a a blend of the two, Mm -hmm. like masculine energy and feminine energy. And I think 40 years ago, it was very strict. Like, here's what it means to be a man, check every box. Here's what it means to be a woman, check every box. Any deviation from that was looked down upon. Now I think it's cool. It's like these things are coming more to the forefront and more mainstream. I think it's cool that if men, you know, take a page from the women's book and and how they how they act on a daily basis and, you know, maybe if that means getting in more in touch with their emotions. And I think women are kind of doing the same thing. Like, hey, I, I, this may not be what it means to be a female in societal terms like 10, 20 years ago, but I don't care. So I think, um, yeah, I think, I think there just needs to be more of a blend. And I think like what I was saying earlier, it just, it really, like if that was looked, if me sharing that 
that stuff with, with Heath and having that conversation meant that I was being more feminine. And I guess, I guess that's fine. It felt good. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And I haven't really done that before. So, so I think that's what I would kind of really hope to see, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that makes you stronger. I mean, that, that actually sharing at that level and uh-huh. connecting to yourself makes you stronger. You're not vulnerable to that thing because you're fucking owning it. Right. Instead of getting attacked by it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The awareness of is so good. I mean, the blending speaks to like the, you know, the law of one, like we are, we are all one pretty much. Mm-hmm. And to that point, to the love one, the book, what is a, a book? What are a few books and resources that some of the men listening could get into besides, you know, obviously getting into your work. Um, but what are some things that have helped you along your path? The first book that I ever read that really triggered me was from that kind of, kind of shook me and jolted me to kind of wake up a little bit was from the only male teacher that I ever really worked with deeply. And his name is Abdi Asadi. And his book is called Shadows on the Path. And what happened is is he shared his story. And he had been like fighting people. He had been taking drugs. He had been selling drugs. And, And he was also the retreat, the meditation retreat I mentioned earlier. But he had done all of those things. Yet he was this like beautiful, loving, spiritual teacher. And I had thought that that was off the table for me. I had already like lied too many times. I had already like done too many drugs or lie, you know, done all too many things wrong. Like I'm basically ruined myself. I can't do anything good in the world. And I, it helped me tune into the fact that like I could shift this and I could like start to love myself. Another book that is very kind of famous is The Way of the Superior Man. And then- Who's that by again? David Data. David, David Data, yeah. And then John Wineland is- his, he's a friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. He's the I, man. I did um, a little bit of his virtual group last year. Cool. Cool. We did a court. Which we did great. a workshop. Remember? Mm-hmm. Isn't John the man? He's great. He's the man. We he's were, awesome. Lena and I are looking at one of the advanced workshops for next year. Cool. So it's, it's really exciting. Cool. But th- those are from a, ma- just watching John has tons of free content out can help get into the energy of what I'm talking about. And Abdi's book is really great in terms of like, starting to dial into like what's possible for you and just like reading. It's just a very kind of earthy way to do things. Hmm. King magician, king magician, warrior lover, something like that. Yeah. I forgot the name. Okay. I don't have it on me. That's okay. Um, magician, king, warrior lover, yeah. I think is the name of it was something that I read that was really helped me understand like more of the, the male archetypes. Wow. Yeah. King, warrior, magician, lover rediscovering the archetypes of the mature masculine by David Gillette and Robert mm. L. Moore. That sounds interesting. It's, oh, it's, it's like uh, Carl Jung introduction uh, to the yeah. psychological foundation of a mature, authentic and revitalized masculinity. That's cool. Redefining old age concept of masculinity. Wow. That seems very interesting. And I have a couple of young guys in my life, like this stepson from my previous marriage. My girlfriend has a four year old. So it, that book also talks about the archetypes, how they show up in the kids. Wow. It's really interesting and beautiful to, I think you could use it as a really powerful tool if you have children Mm. in your life. Wow. Especially little boys. I love that. Even for the single moms that don't have a dude around, that would be a great one. Yeah. Beautiful. Last question for me. We hear a lot about like 
how we as women can, you know, do like self-care rituals and things like that. Do you have any that you recommend to your Mm. male clients? I think that it varies from person to person, but what I know to be consistent is if you can own your first part of your day with something. And for me, that's uh, probably a Kundalini part of a Kundalini routine, some meditation. I have a, some specific stuff I do like drink hot lemon water with salt and because it supports different things that my trainer told me, which I don't even know what it is. (laughs) Um, And it can be really confusing to try to put this together. So I think it's more of just finding what works for you or testing things out, but being super consistent because I see that as an agreement with yourself. Mm. I wake up every day. I do this shit. I can trust me. Other people can trust me. I'm doing the thing. If I have a plan to do all this stuff and I don't do it, I'm kind of breaking agreements with myself. And that, again, it's a very foundational thing. Wow, yeah. I've never heard it said like that. And that's, mm. that's really... But I think it's really important for men to be in their body. And like really, it's a, this is an energetic practice, but there's very, the, my work is, but I'm oftentimes having people do very physical things in terms of like how to embody it. And you want to feel strong. Like I go to the gym, like I don't need to be super ripped or buff or I want to, but I want to feel strong to like run around and be in my life and do whatever I want to do. I don't want to feel restricted. Love that. Yeah. And your body is everything. Where can our community connect with you and what do you have upcoming that they can look out for? I have a a beautiful website, Mm -hmm. consciousman.com. And right now I do one-on-one coaching and they can hit me up there to connect with that. And See the latest when it comes. How'd you get that URL? Yeah. Wow. Cash money. Cash money, baby. Cash money. <laughs> when you have millions of dollars, I was dollars, like, what the heck? Possible. That's perfect. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. So much. Awesome. Thanks, Justice. Thanks, thank Jay. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Heath was awesome. I highly recommend all the yeah. friends to send my friends his way. A brother, yeah. too. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you guys on the next one. See you in the next one. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Heath and Justin. And if you'd like to learn more about Heath's work, you can go to consciousman.com. And again, the code is almost 30 for 30% off. Amazing. And then if you are interested to podcast, if you just even want to explore the space, see what's happening, have your voice heard. If you already have a podcast, do you want to monetize it or you want to grow? We are here to support you. We've learned a lot in the past three years and we've learned a lot being a part of this community, doing our own research. Uh, and we created an amazing, amazing course, yourpodcastpro.com. So right now we have open for the next two weeks, the ability to join our program. And by joining our program in these two weeks, you get a special offer. So it's $12.97 for all three modules of the program. And this also allows you opportunity to join calls with Lindsay and I to get all your questions answered and to feel really supported. You also get access to our Facebook group, which is a community of podcasters. You can connect, you can support one another, you can help one another grow. And then the first hundred people to sign up, get an amazing goodie bag from our sponsors with things like super fat, athletic greens, and really great brands that we love and want to share with you. Can't wait to support you. Um, It's something that we've poured our hearts and experiences into and are really, really proud of the content. It's a super comprehensive program. So I can't wait for you all to dig in. 
Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Lindsay Simsek. My co-host is Krista Williams and we're in this together. We're in this together. We'll see you on the next one. Love you.